Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Hey there. I'm Slade, one of the creators of ArclightBase.com, and I listen to the Arclight Insights podcast. During this extra episode with the most recent patch notes, we have used the website arclightbase.com to help us with our research. Thank you for Slade and Bloodwing for creating this great website and letting us use it for our podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to everybody that's uh, coming into the podcast today. We got a special episode. Uh, we're going to go over the recent patch notes that the Arclight team has just posted two days ago. I'm here with uh, Spanner and Toasty. How you guys doing? I'm well, thank you very much. We will be doing this kind of extra episodes every now and again, just to keep people updated as soon as possible. Been a much better week so far for me. What about you, Toasty? Well, I'm decent, thanks. I'm still feeling a little little sick, but I'm happy to have to have big news that we can talk about today. So I got that going for me. Yeah, and it's excited that uh, the Arclight team is still alive. We got some information from them. It's a good day. Yeah, and then thank God it's not a three-second video from the announcement video. Yeah, soon. It's, it's coming <laughs> soon. So, Tap, what, what is the patch number for this one? The developer node is patch 0.9.2 provides a handful of quality of life features, mini and mission tuning and bug fixes while we prepare for our next content patch. Which is a little exciting that there is a contact patch on the horizon, but when when will that be? And are we just going to see a bunch of patches and never actually get to play the game ourselves? Well, do we have any indication how far off that next content patch is? In between the lines, it kind of gives you an idea that it's close, but it depends what is their definition of close. But... Uh... If it goes by the initial announcement video, it could be two months because I also had the feeling that it was just around the corner and uh, so far that nothing that much happened since then. Yeah, I mean, it's Blizzard close, so what, what can you really say? <laughs> right, so in, in terms of minis, the very first line uh, mentions that uh, fixed an issue that would allow core hounds to be healed from other sources when they are dead and also fix an issue causing heals from minis to affect bosses. And personally, because I haven't actually spotted this situation happening whilst I was watching streams like Genocell uh, uh, and, and others, I can't really comment much about this one. Did you guys actually observe this situation? No, I didn't. I personally feel like that there's 
very little heal overall in the gameplay. From the top of my head I know only like a couple of sources that provide heal, like the Holy Nova or that Horrid Shaman. Yeah, Sorry. Tyrion, Tyrion, of course. Um, so no, I, I haven't, I haven't um, watched that. And so uh, I, I also can't comment on that. And Falnos as well now with the drain life. Yeah, he, which was, he only yeah. heals himself, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, correct. He's still a source of healing, but yeah, it's kind of weaker. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to talents. Uh, developer note: the goal for talents, with rare exception, is to make units better at what they are good at instead of changing their roles. Melee minis with talents that can kill flying units change their roles a bit too much. Similarly, talents like meat and bones change the unit's matchup substantially. The prevalence of stuns, especially passive ones from ranged or unbound minis, has been reduced. So overall, there are a lot of talent changes. I feel like this is good because they're actually taking the feedback that they are seeing, but there are a lot of talent changes in this patch. Also, I find it uh, really interesting to get a little bit of insight into the design philosophy. For example, like that they want to do um, make min uh, minis better at what they're good at instead of changing their roles. Which is not something I would have expected. Um, I would have expected like to switch around what a mini can do by choosing their talents. And now it just feels like you are like it's just a nuance. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I I like the fact that you could play a mini and depending on the talent, it could do something different. And now your opponent's guessing, oh, what talent does he have? And how do I counter this? What rock, paper, scissor unit should I play next? I like this. I like that uh, the talents uh, enhance the unit rather than dramatically change the playstyle, which is the reason why we have diversified units. Otherwise they could have just 10 units and have talents that make them into something completely different, transforming them into virtually 30 units. So I prefer, I like to see what they uh, wrote there. And I also like to see a reduction in the stuns, especially passive. Because if you, stuns can be really impactful in the game. And uh, especially it's such a short games. And I think if you just passively are gaining this advantage, it's not good. I think stuns should be limited and there should be a skill associated with the timing of the stuns. And I think the fact that so many people were using Falnos recently because it was so OP, I think this is why they're saying prevalence because that specific unit that was being used a lot had a very impactful stun. I think that that's what this is about. And it's also ranged, so... Yeah, maybe they are referring to Thanos. That makes yeah. sense, actually. So, Abomination is the first mini that, in the patch notes, Noxus uh, presence no longer damages flying enemies, which uh, I think this is a, a, a change that need to happen. Like, anything that's on the ground, poison, fire, it shouldn't hurt flying minis. It, it, that's just, a, I believe, a bug 
that was in the game and they're just fixing it. Okay. Oh, you believe it was a bug? Yeah, there's I, there's no way, like, if you're flying, fire or poison or acid or whatever's laying on the ground shouldn't hurt, hurt the flying unit. Yeah, I feel like this change is what they refer to in the developer note. Uh, melee minis with talents that killed flying units changed their role a bit too much. So I feel like it was actually intended for the uh, noxious, noxious presence talent to, to damage flying units, but they realized that, yeah, they don't feel like it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm also, uh, I'm also leaning towards the camp that it was intended. Probably they just didn't realize how strong it would be. And just to confirm for people that don't know how it was, this is a poison, yeah? This is a this a nox, noxious pre presence. It's a poison over three seconds, which obviously now they removed from affecting uh, flying enemies. The next line is uh, regarding the angry chickens units. Now the walking crate health has been increased to allow for more hits from towers. So this is a talent. So basically all it means is that now the crate lasts for longer, which will keep for example, towers busier, uh, which is obviously great because then your other units can uh, be hitting the tower. And was the crate... that pun intended? I'm sorry. Was <laughs> <laughs> and the the crate will uh, will be a, a virtual a virtual tank for your other units. Uh, okay, so next up we have Blood Mage Thanos uh, being the first leader that has been changed. The Death Coil talent has been replaced with drain life it's basically death coil but <laughs> death coil but without the stun so it heals the same as death coil but without the stun and also death coil had a bug which made you attack twice and it was unintended and now with drain life it attacks the amount of times it should attack and remove the stun so basically it's just a heal but it also drain still drains up the opponent's health, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. We've seen some builds that were all spell builds that were really abusing uh, this ability, and he was just stunning other minis left and right. So I would like to see this change in play. I haven't seen anybody stream with this new ability, the change in this ability, so I really can't say much on how much it really affects, but... If you're taking away a stun, I'm sure it's going to affect it a lot. Yeah, for sure, Falnos will be relatively weaker now, yeah. Karen, Plane's running speed buff is now permanent. I don't know much about this talent, so uh, one of you guys fill me in on this one. All I know is just that it's a speed buff. I'm not sure about what is the exactly percent exact percentage of speed, but it must be quite impactful because one of the comments was lol wtf something that i cannot mention in the podcast so it means like it means like somebody was really impressed with this thing so hopefully ken ken will be a little bit more relevant in the current meta or if you can even call it that at this stage so the plane's running speed would be 50 percent faster when not in combat which is a lot actually well, which would be good for a tank because we, he can stay uh, ahead of uh, some of your units, your squishier units. 
Yeah, I feel like he's just maybe if you want to do like a like a big push and you deploy him as a tank and then other minis, then he just run run away, die lonely, and then the other minis get up to where he died and also die. Maybe maybe it's like supposed to you're supposed to like deploy your damage dealers and then later deploy Cairn so that he can get up to them. Yeah, I think it'll be good for the last push. Like you put him down at one of your towers that you took and he can run to the boss and get there faster, which will help support your units that that are already there. And especially because uh, he also stands, so it will definitely help to finish a game. I generally feel like the idea of having fast units is a bit weird because like, especially for a tank, right? Because you want a tank to be part of a group. And when the tank is faster than the group, this really doesn't make any sense to me. So this change in talent is actually a double-edged sword, which can help help you if Ken is behind trying to catch up with units, but it can actually hinder you if all the pack is together and you uh, there is now a possibility that Kane will move ahead too far and leave some vulnerable units in the pack. Not sure if speed is one of the best traits that we want here for a tank in this game. It has its uses, but it might not always be a great thing. Maybe you could even like play a whole or build a whole deck around that speed bo uh, speed boost. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. If you build for it, yeah. then it becomes much stronger for sure. Yeah. Uh, cheat death, uh, leeching poison has been renamed to vampirism, so not much to talk about here. Yeah, it's just a name change. Uh, next up, the Drake. Uh, Drakes using roost will now more reliably roost closer to the center of towers. Any thoughts on that? I, I think this is a good fix because I've watched some uh, streams where the Drake was posting up in like the back corner of the, the tower and not even helping out the tower uh, majority of the time. So next up is Fire Elemental. Immolation era damage frequently has been increased. Overall damage is unchanged. So the damage stays the same but it increases its time. So each blast of the era, each counter is less damage now, but the overall damage in that time period is still the same. So one of the advantages that springs to mind is if you have a bunch of lower HP units near the fire elemental, it will be more likely to get rid of them before they get rid of the fire elemental itself because uh, those more frequent blasts can have a higher chance to eliminate uh, lower HP units. Mm, okay, so, but how does that specifically counter low HP units? Because, because... If, you, if you drop a bunch of chickens on top of the elemental, they can kill the elemental really fast in between two blasts, but right oh, now, okay, okay. Yeah, right now there is a higher chance there will be a blast somewhere there before the elemental dies which could potentially wipe the chickens out. But is one of the ticks, like the damage ticks, is that enough to kill all of the chickens? I'm not sure, but if the chickens are not at full health, 
it is now much more likely they will die rather than they just destroy the elemental in between two blasts. Or even okay. if, you put, if you put an elemental, and let's say it takes three seconds for him to do the first blast, he will do zero damage to the chickens if, if they kill him quickly. But now he will do some damage to the chickens before he dies, because the first blast will be quicker as well. I see. I think this is a decent change. Like, uh, it's just a change that will help the balance of the game. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be putting units just so they can die or before they do any kind of meaningful damage. So this is good for sure. Yeah. Firehammer Dwarf, Blazing Speed, Talent will now increase max fury stacks to 5 instead of granting a passive 15% attack speed increase. For those that don't know, and I have to confess I only found out recently, Fury is actually a, a trait that increases your attack speed exponentially every time the unit attacks uh, as a cumulative attack speed. I don't know the exact percentage of speed increase and the max stacks, but... But I was told is an additive multiplier of 25% and stacks up to three times. We know now that the stacks for the Firehammer Dwarf is five. Alright, so um, the footmen have a new talent called Fortification, which replaces um, shield spikes. And the talent says that the footmen gain 30% additional empty health. So how I imagine this would work is that they have like 130% of their original health, but you would need to heal them up. And they start with only 100% health instead of all the, the whole 130, right? Yeah. That's how I took the town as well. Uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, they have more max overall health, but they don't start with that. So you, you need to have a healer or heal them in some way to actually get the benefit. Yeah, I think this might be like a, an alliance concept to try to match them with the Tyrion. I think is the, in my mind, is the obvious thing there they're trying to achieve. I think it's the the units combination that makes more sense there to make use of this talent. I actually like that because it gives some incentive to heal. And I'd really love to see more more healing strategies. Also you can just wait until your until your footmen engage into combat and then place a holy nova like on top of them. Yeah, exactly. That will work well as well. And some of the comments we had from players with beta is that uh, shield spikes were uh, overpowered in return damage. So this is probably another reason why this talent was uh, changed. Frost Wolf Shaman is our, uh, the next mini. Stone Skin Totem has been replaced with Earth Shield. New talent Earth Shield permanently grant armored nearby ally with one charge. So... The talent goes from giving all your minis in a given area some armor to only now granting uh, one mini armor. I mean, if that is the case, this would be a massive change, right? It was, it would yeah. massively weaken the talent. Or am I see, am I not seeing something here? I, I believe that it weakens the the talent. 
but also adds one benefit. I believe now the shaman uh, armored benefit, the shaman would need to be alive and nearby the units. But now, once the shaman applies the armored, armored traits to the first unit it sees, which mm -hmm. is the, what will happen, it will persist on the unit even after the shaman dies. So one of the comments that we have is Drake shaman combo makes the Drake a lot stronger with this armor buff. Yeah. Because it... now now the uh, the towers will be doing less damage, which allows the Drake to do a couple additional hits to the tower. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the benefit is you want your shaman to put armor on high-cost units, which will make an impact. So you want to make sure that that's the first unit the shaman sees to make some good use of the armor, since it's only one unit now. And I, you want to I, put down units like uh, like the uh, Drakisaf, for example, which will actually benefit enormously from that extra survivability to impact on the other units on the field as well. I also see this with Tyrion would be pretty good as well, because now he has more armor. Tyrion already has armored by default. He doesn't well, need the shaman to do it. How does it work? Yeah, I was I was gonna ask that. Can it stack? Yeah, this is a yeah, this mm -hmm. is a really good question. I don't think it stacks. I would I would assume that I would assume that uh, it it bypasses that unit and it will go to the next one that doesn't have the trait. But this is an excellent question, and I think we should try to find the answer in uh, Discord. This is a post note we confirmed with someone from the Blizzard team that it actually will go to the next unit and ignore the unit that already has armored. The next one is Gargoyle. There's a new talent called Obsidian Statue. So the Gargoyle now becomes a statue with taunt upon death. The comments we have seen appear to be that this is a very, uh, an amazing talent, but the patch notes don't really specify if, the, if this taunt unit has armor, uh, has resist, how much HP, is it the same HP as the Gargoyle? It's hard to evaluate how strong the talent is without knowing this information. But even if it takes an additional one or two hits off your squishy units, I feel like it's it's a good talent. Like you're taking hits away and allowing your minis to get more hits in after it dies. Oh yeah, for sure. It will. It's, it's helpful no matter what. It's just how helpful it is so you can then decide which talent you're running with also can you heal the statue oh that's interesting that's a good question yeah exactly another thing is if the shaman sees this this uh, statue first and he doesn't have armored can the shaman put the armored on the on the statue <laughs> that probably <laughs> that probably um depends on if the statue still counts as a unit right because as you said, it's a new talent and the Gargoyle had only one talent before. The Wing Buffet, which says that every other attack is a cleave attack. How good would the uh, statue, that Obsidian statue, have to be to match the power of the Wing Buffet talent? What okay, is the damage? 120 damage at level 1. Is this a good amount of damage to make a good cleave? So... The Gargoyle is a tank, right? 
I believe it's the same damage that, that the fire elemental is doing on level 1. Yeah, it's right. also 120 area damage in the case of the fire elemental. But it seems like it's a it's it's like the, the tank baseline also both cost four. Which one would you use if you, if you were to play with the gargoyle right now? I know yeah, it depends on the matchups, but which one is your gut feeling? Which one would you use? Um that's what I was not not sure how good the new talent, the obsidian set you would have to be to outperform yeah. them. Yeah, um so I'm I'm not sure. Probably probably I would use the obsidian statue because yeah this is this is actually this matches um with the developer note. It makes the it makes the gargoyle just like better at tanking, which is what they intended. And the wing buffet gives it more damage, which isn't really necessary for a tank. So yeah, I'd go with the with the obsidian statue. Do you agree, Top? Yeah, I, I think the statue will be better if you have more units on the field. And then the cleave would be better against chickens or a bunch of small units. It depends on how you're playing. Next up, we have the Goblin Sappers. The crude gunpowder talent has now increased burn damage and the area of effect has been increased. So yeah, it's basically just a plain enhancement to the to the talent not not much to say about this i don't know if it's needed because i haven't seen them in action um, that often do you have any intel on this i didn't really watch much gameplay with sappers so it's hard to to judge uh, the impact but obviously it will be a stronger impact but i'm not sure griffin rider is next um the airdrop has been re reworked the initial drop has now ha now happens faster, with a longer delay between the other drops and potions. I didn't really see this talent used that much. I, I I really don't have much to say on this one. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I would really love to see the talent because the first time I looked it up, it just felt like it's it's a really weird concept for a talent, and I couldn't really Im imagine how it works out. But as as it appears. Uh, the devs want to give players more incentive to play this, so maybe in the future we'll see more of it. Mitwagen, the infamous Mitwagen. Meat and bones will now alternate attacks between summoning a skeleton and dealing normal damage. I think this is the biggest talent change in this patch. Just because it's used so much, and I've actually seen it the difference where you're now taking two attack. You're taking an attack away from the meat wagon now, and it throws a skeleton out, and then the skeleton takes one or two hits. I don't like the the talent change. I know it was necessary because it was doing too much damage and it was too overpowered. But I think they went they over nerfed it. You actually think so? Yeah, because you're actually taking one attack away every other attack now from the meat wagon. The spawn a skeleton so you're basically halving the damage that the meat wagon is able to do without the talent and also the, the skeletons in half right you have half yes. the skeletons and half the damage yeah yes so this is a massive nerf is literally a 50 percent nerf yes yeah. yeah so i actually think 
depending on the the composition you have i actually think you might do better without having the talent at all than if you go without talent <laughs> I yeah, yeah i think if you have the talent you might actually be worse off than if you just go without talents <laughs> and I, i've been seeing this like i'm watching a stream right now while while we talk and they don't even have any talents on the meat wagon when they actually had the, the, this talent they have it unlocked so it's basically they killed the talent yeah that's shocking i, I don't know something is not right because uh, i i thought in the first thoughts that came to mind was oh this might be really good with baron riven there more skeletons but actually now that we speak about it you have less skeletons so there's there is no benefit at all bro, unless we are literally missing something there is no benefit of having this talent well the benefit would be that you actually spawn skeletons because if you have no talent at all you don't spawn any skeletons oh yeah yeah i agree with you what i mean is compared to the old one i mean yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. obviously it's a it's yeah. a massive nerf maybe it's just better with the fillet trebuchet like the other talent so the ogre mage is up next the ignite talent has been altered so now the burn damage is increased we don't know by how much the damage is increased um so there's not much to, to talk about here um i always find it helpful to compare the talents with the other talents in this case that being the frost firebolt um, which just stated that the ogre mage gains the frost trait that having synergy with like the Huntress, for example. So maybe they just want to to even out and just increase the, the damage numbers on the Ignite so it matches the Frostfire Bolt value. So we're just, he's just getting a little bit more damage. Yeah, basically, basically that's it. So the next unit is Prowler. It used to have the talent Den Mother where it deploys two wolf pups. Uh, it's being replaced with Predatory Instincts, which is a new talent. Uh, deals double the damage to enemies at full health. I I didn't really see this unit played that much, but one of the comments uh, was it deals 120 damage at level 1. And they feel like this talent sucks. Uh, but I, I don't know. I haven't seen this unit played or that talent played, so I'm not sure how much this change is. But you are taking two extra units off the field. Yeah, um, instinctively, this is not a very strong talent. Because you only get literally maximum at level 120 extra damage and that will be it. So obviously it's good like if you are desperate to try to uh, try to kill quickly a unit that is destroying your tower or something. But I think, I don't see how this could compare with the two pups. I think is. I think this is a straight nerf in my in my view. It's again I'm I'm referring again to the to the developer's note. So the prowler is a tank and the damage increase is not something that helps a tank to be better at tanking, which then actually goes against their design philosophy. Yeah, personally I'm also not a fan of, of this change. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I agree with you. This could have been something more connected with the extra HP or something like that. It kind of 
not like in a very crazy way, but it kind of goes against the philosophy they, they stated. I have to agree with you, yeah. The next one is Killbore. Bristleback will no longer damage flying enemies. The damage has been increased significantly and the short cooldown has been added. So once again, increased significantly. It's a very subjective way to explain and uh, it will be nice to have some sort of idea by how much. Obviously, people that are lucky enough to have better, they will have a chance to test it, but this for the layman, like the three of us, it's really subjective and really hard to evaluate. Okay, next up we have Rent. The Flaming Soul talent has been replaced with a new talent called Legionnaire, and Legionnaire states that Rent will be dismounted when first taking damage, and Gith, or however you want to pronounce it, uh, will, uh, will continue to fight. Um, so how I understand it is that you will make like two units out of one when Rent first takes the damage. For those that don't know, so just to clarify, Gith is actually the name of Rent's mount. I think this makes the, the Rent stronger because now you have two units attacking at the same time rather than one. So it's kind of puts a bit more pressure the, on the opponent, I would say, because now he has to deal with two instead of one. Obviously, he has the, the removal of living bomb component as well. I think this is a, a buff in a way, because it will be now a bit harder. It's It also helps you with the push. It helps the opponent to have to think more to be able to deal with the two units. It punishes the opponent if he doesn't have much in terms of cleaving in his composition. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna yeah. say that it makes him more vulnerable to area damage. I see this as a buff, and I, f I think it fits the the design philosophy of what Rand is good at, which is working together with his mounts. In this way, they actually work together instead of uh, taking turns. In the theme of the flying unit, so I think this everything matches here, and I think it's it's a good idea, and it it, it looks good to me. What about you, Tap? I agree. I I feel this is a uh, good change to talent i i feel like it's a buff and you now have to deal with a ground tank and a flying unit at the same time which now with uh with the tank with ren being on the ground tanking i feel like his mount the dragon mount will be able to get a few more hits in than it did before also what i like about this talent is not only it's a buff but on, uh, also it provides your opponent with the option to counterplay. If they react quickly to this, they surely can uh, counter Rend and his dragon with like spells doing area of effect damage. Because now both will take damage simu simultaneously and not only one of them. Also regarding this talent, it was mentioned in Discord that the Blizzard team likes the the talent of Flaming Soul or Rend. However, there is a, a bug at the moment associated with it. And uh, if they do not find a suitable third talent for Rend, it is possible that Flaming Soul will return. We're not sure if it's exactly in the same form, but they like the talent and they could potentially bring it back. So Safe Pilot is next. Coming in hot talent damage has been increased this is just a an increase in talent nothing much here 
skeleton party. So it says five men replaces cheap shot for rogue with ambush. I wasn't 100% sure what this meant, but with the Discord comments, we have the information that it now gives the third skeleton stealth and nothing else. And uh, someone's opinion is that it's a bit redundant because it's very weak and in a squad. Post note, ambush actually deals double damage when attacking from stealth. So I'm personally not quite sure of the the reasonings for, for this uh, talent change. So doesn't cheap shot stun, like we're, they're talking about taking stuns and reducing them. So they're taking cheap shot out because of the stun, which might've been allowing the skeleton party to do too much damage for what they actually wanted it to do because now you're stunning when you play uh the skeleton party which now allows the skeleton party to get a lot of additional hits in before they start taking damage maybe this was just a little bit too much than what they thought it should so i, I believe they're just taking the stun away yeah that's a good point i'm glad that you mentioned that it makes sense to me one thing we should probably mention is the perception we have in the communities that some people were possibly expecting a flame waker change there in the patch notes but we were lucky to get some insights uh, as well and that is a, a deep bug associated with the flame waker and they couldn't safely modify it for this patch but is definitely on the radar so i would probably expect in the next patch or so to see Flame Waker being most likely nerfed because it's. <laughs> I think we all agree that the, it looks a bit too strong. That that is even an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> a, li <clears throat> a little bit too strong is way of an understatement. I have seen what it does. <laughs> I have I, seen I, what I, it does. <laughs> I've been there, Gandalf, three thousand years ago. <laughs> I've seen the Flame Waker pretty much destroying a boss by itself so yeah it's it's definitely needs somewhere well we actually i think everybody thought is simply like numbers like like oh 50 is too much but when they mention buff it means that probably is is not 50 there is even something there in the code that is making that even more ridiculous so one would wonder if they're going to remove that and keep the 50 percent we will see <laughs> Regarding uh, the rest of the patch notes, there's also section about the uh, missions. I'll just start with this one. In in the Black Fathom depths, uh, I, I I cannot speak more log, but one of the missions, uh, two additional gold nodes have been added. Uh, King Gordok, it has been tuned to prevent players from winning the map by ignoring the side lieutenants. The mission Sickly Gazelle an additional gold node has been added to the right lane and also they made additional small adjustments to balance campaign and quest missions i believe uh the black fathom depths how you pronounce that is gurgle murgle okay um, i actually like the idea of adding additional gold nodes because it gives an incentive to move out on the map what i heard from some people and the discord is that oftentimes you will just wait until you have 10 gold and just sit back all the time and wait for your opponent to do anything 
because reacting is always easier than being proactive but having having gold nodes on the map forces you to move out or your opponent will just outvalue um, you so um, yeah I mean this is for this is for PvE missions but I really like the idea and I could see this also having impact in PvP so for user interface and accessibility we have a few Restarting or exiting a match that would grant you zero XP will now skip the end of the game screen, which I've already seen. This saves a lot of time. I've seen a couple streamers already, and that I feel like that's a good change. It's going to save some screen time. Some other ones fix some mini talent and relic description bugs, fix a number of tutorial bugs, fix some bugs that would cause skulls not to properly be rewarded which that would suck if you didn't get the skull reward fix a number of visual bugs that occurred during the level up screen fix some aspect ratio bugs and fix some additional performance and polish bugs which it's great that they're constantly fixing some of these bugs and not just ignoring them so i, I feel this is great overall that they're actually seeing and people are giving some feedback so the developers can fix these bugs. Um, on the end of game screen, did it actually tell you that you have earned zero XP? I'm thinking it's, I think you have to like do some damage or something to actually gain some, some XP. But I've seen like people exit out of games pretty quickly when they didn't place a mini correctly. And this allows the game to start up. A lot I would feel like this is a really taunting. <laughs> the game just rubs it in. You have you have earned zero XP. What <laughs> you gonna do with it, huh? <laughs> Thank you, Tap, for uh, the information about uh, patch notes on the user interface and accessibility. Some of the comments that we be we seen floating around on Twitter, uh, Warcraft forums, and all that. Some of the uh, comments that had the most likes were actually. A bit surprising you could say so one of the, the the post for example on Twitter with the most upvotes is from a guy called Gezim I would assume is a guy and it is posting patch notes for the five people who have access <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny because we actually have one of the five that actually just joined us welcome Gora hi thank you glad to be able to make the end of it at least yeah, well, one of the five people with beta has is actually part of the the podcast, so that's it's it's great. We get some information from it. Before we mention the, another couple of comments we have here, uh, what's your overall view on the patch notes for someone that is actually lucky enough to be able to uh, test some of it? Um, so I, originally, I didn't realize there was a patch until I saw the updated UI in the game, and then I went looking to find out what happened and all the big list of patch changes which is a pleasant surprise and overall i am very happy with them they looks like they've taken a lot of uh feedback on from like suggestions and overall gameplay design that people suggested as well uh it's good to see um there's a few outlying talents minis that they haven't looked at or adjusted yet that we officially know of so we'll have to wait and see what they do with them. Basically referencing 
Arcane Blast and Flame Walker, which we limited the use of two of their most powerful talents in the tournament we're running. Is a pretty clear indication of they're pretty strong, which they didn't touch in this patch notes, but apart from that, it's looking really good. And they've even added in some new talents as well for minis that didn't have more than one. I think like Gargoyle got a new talent, which brings it up to two talents now that he has, which is nice to see. So, for example, Top mentioned that he believes that the most impactful talent change in this list is probably the Midwagon. Do you, do you agree with him? And if not, which one was the change that you believe is the most impactful in the meta or the, the one that surprised you the most? Hands down, it's the Meat Wagon change is the most impactful. Meat Wagon, like a good example, um, was yeah, General Drac was able to be soloed basically by the Meat Wagon with the Meat and Bones talent as every attack would spawn the skeleton. He's a slow tank, so he would then stop do his long, slow animation swing at the enemy, kill the skeleton in one hit. But by that time, he's only walked half a step again, and then he's being attacked again by the meat wagon, and another skeleton spawns. So okay. you can see how powerful that talent was against like a solo tank. Okay, so this one is the one you believe that is the most impactful. However, do you have a personal like favorite change? Personal favorite change. Um, so my personal favorite change would be for Rend. So he had a talent. So when he dismounted from his Drake, it would cast Living Bomb nearby. And they changed it. So now when he takes damage for the first time, he dismounts, but his Drake keeps flying. That's, I think, a lot better. Yeah, so um, that would be the talent that has the biggest impact like change for me personally because before i found ren really he's borderline useless because his drake always seemed to just die really fast but now if ren dismounts and his drake continues to fly hopefully ren on the ground will be the one that taking the damage and the drake is more of a supporting unit now and i've played around with a little bit seems pretty good yeah, I think we all agree with you. And also, Tap made a good point that now you have to deal with two, and also one is a flying unit and one is a ground unit. So you you need you cause uh, additional headaches to your opponent now. Mm, yeah, they sort of cover each other um, a little bit. It's like a partnership, you know, synergize together. And probably the second one that I probably I haven't tested it, but I've um, noted probably at the near the start of the when I got beta access and first got talents, was the Drake um, with the roosting talent. I found that the roosting talent, the Drake would just sit behind the tower and then you could still just use ranged uh, minis to attack the tower and the Drake wouldn't do anything to defend it. So it'd be interesting to see how they've improved that. I won't keep you talking for that much longer because I know that uh, you're struggling with the cough. So uh, do you have anything else to that you want to add specifically? Mm, I don't think so. Um, okay. So we have another comment from VCR. Instead of publishing patches for a few people, publish a beta date for everyone because this is already getting boring. I, I, I agree. It's nice that we see them working and making changes, but I wish they would give us a little bit more meat on this on the on the bones um maybe some like instead of just giving patch notes maybe 
a video of them explaining why they made these changes or just a little bit more uh like i said some meat on the bone yeah i agree with you i think obviously it, this is way better than the radio silence we had in the last weeks but um I think it's kind of sour for someone that is on the outside and they don't know that much about the game because not, not everyone is nearly as keen and as dedicated to research the game as the people here on the podcast and some of our listeners. But it must feel really strange for most people that are interested in the game to be reading these patch notes. Even us that we're following some streams and we are lucky to have people like Gora and people that we can uh, ask questions. Even for us, we have to kind of scratch our heads with some of these lines in the patch notes and, and research more. So I can only imagine how it feels for someone a bit more on the outside to be reading all this, but I have no clue about beta or dates or anything in the future. So I kind of agree with VCR, to be honest. What about you, Toasty and, and Gora? How do you see this? I I see their point. However, I still like uh, thinking positive. And I mean, this person in, in particular sounds like they are they are getting frustrated, which I can, as I, as I stated, I can understand it to a certain extent. I don't want to get uh, to to be like brought down by. Like the radio silence, as as you said, it's better, um, and just just wait for it. Um, how I personally, I think the game is advanced enough to let more people into the beta, but yeah, that that is not that that is just my perception, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, that's fair. Gora, um, you don't have to comment here necessarily, but do you want to add anything to it? Um, yeah. So there was a discussion in the player feedback on the official unofficial discord and uh is it rush rushland put up a comment saying that they spent 500 gold buying the meat and bones talent for the meat wagon and now the talent actually makes it a weaker unit than without the talent in like some opinions um and i agree with that and so they suggested maybe a refund compensation of sort for the purchase and one of the developers replied uh, hopefully once we leave beta there won't be any significant reworks but they agree with uh, um, Rushland's comment about it feeling bad when they change a talent so heavily and I think that's probably one of the reasons why they still want to keep it at a smaller beta size is just so they limit the amount of people affected by massive sweeping changes even though it's still beta I think a lot of people forget you know that the progress will be reset before full release it just you know feels bad though playing a game and working towards something and only to have that changed just after you achieve that goal in the game yeah that's that's a valid point that is a viable argument to the limiting the bet access to so few people i yeah that that makes sense i agree with that yeah we'll proceed to the last comment from jnc09 I agree with one of the comments made in the post that putting actual values would greatly help with the updates. Simply stating it increased doesn't mean a whole lot. It could increase from 1.1 to 1.2 and that's okay. But it could also be 1.1 to 2.0 
and that means more. Let us in. So, uh, any opinions on that, guys? I agree. I, I, I wish they would give us some values and actually show how much of a difference it's increasing or decreasing. I think they should be disclosing more of the values. I think when they say damage increase, it could be 10%, it could be 300%. At this stage of the game, where they are building and changing a lot of things, I don't think it is a big problem to be showing that the unit got much stronger or less, because the players now, they're supposed to be testing many things, and supposed to be how, how much stronger and weaker the units become over time. And hiding values, it's counterproductive in my opinion. It causes a lot of confusion to people that don't have the ability to test them in the battlefield. And uh, I don't think this is good. I think when they say state an increase or a decrease, they should put some numbers on it. That's what they do in World of Warcraft, for example, when I read the patch notes. And I don't see a lot of benefits on this right now. If they actually want people to take theory crafting seriously and for this game to be esports one day and people to actually min maxing and for every single decision to matter, I don't think these patch notes are adequate to the audience. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, I agree with Spanner's um, take on the details needed in the patch notes. I've been playing here as a storm since alpha and the patch notes in that game are incredibly detailed like they give exact number values and they say what health the hero has or had and then what it's changing to and they give number values for everything um, it's very detailed and in-depth and it gives uh, a lot of insight into changes and stuff and there's even developer comments below each hero in some capacity where they try and give a little blurb about the direction of the hero that they're trying to move it towards or why they changed something, why they buffed it, nerfed it, you know, to try and give the players a little bit of insight into their design thinking. And the more detailed the patch notes as well, the more people can deep dive into those patch notes and theory craft and come up with, you know, new builds, new metas maybe, how one changing one talent and one hero say like Tyrion who is a healer maybe that will have a massive impact on the meta because all of a sudden you have a healer that's a little bit stronger maybe he will be able to carry games more you know things like that yeah so I'd love to see more detailed patch notes even if it's like later on in beta and they're just getting their feel for it now um yeah Detailed patch notes would be great, and we can deep dive them, theory craft, and really crunch some numbers. So we have also a counter argument to what um, JNC09 wrote. This can kill people's motivation to play certain minis or spells, though. If you see your favorite spell being nerfed, it's just not fun. Uh, I am a fan of keeping the values secret. The point is, if you don't know the exact numbers and you try out how much a minion has been nerfed or or buffed and you see it's just bad or unplayable you will lose the motivation anyways so it just 
not not providing the numbers just adds an extra step in between, which is why I, I believe you could just you could just leave that out, just provide people with the numbers because in the end people will always figure out how good a spell or mini is and yeah so I, I don't see why you shouldn't why you wouldn't provide the numbers can i just say quickly when he says that if you see that your favorite spell is nerfed it's just not fun okay so will it be fun if they nerf it behind your back without knowing the values and then you lose every single game so that will be fun right yeah, I could see that being that being even more frustrating. Yeah, exactly. So I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this uh, extra episode going over the patch notes that we were given. I would like to thank Spanner, Toasty, and Gora for coming in and giving their comments and helping us out with this. I would like to thank all of you for uh, listening today. Um, it means a lot to us. So please, if you like this content, like subscribe and comment the comments really help us uh focus on the direction of our next podcast and uh gives us ideas so we really appreciate every comment so our next podcast uh will be saturday we'll be uh recording one saturday hopefully it'll be out by saturday night possibly sunday thank you all for joining us today see you saturday Created on the 8th of May 2022, the Guild Prisoners of War is a force in the Arc-like Rumble community. We have a solid structure in place, with the roles of Chieftains, Taskmasters, Elders, and Wolf Riders. Our Discord is always active and our members are friendly, competitive, and knowledgeable. We will always challenge ourselves to compete in all content types in the game. If you think you got what it takes to be one of us, apply to our Guild today. All the information you need is available in this episode or in the general podcast descriptions. We are looking forward to having you with us on the battlefield.